Ha-ha! Once again, baby! You tuned in to Rain City Jerks! Yeah, I bet you're real handsome. I bet you're real pretty. You're real pretty, ain't you? Because only real handsome, pretty smart, cool people listen to the Rain City Jerks podcast and you're here right now doing it. So I guess you must be real fucking beautiful or something. I don't know. Rain City Jerks, baby! Jerks! Welcome to the Rain City Jerks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Slattery. And I'm your host, Jay Markovitz. Wait, do we get that wrong? I don't know. Or did we, did we, did we, did Freaky Friday just happen? I hope not. For my sake, I hope not. If it did happen, I, I want to be Jamie Lee Curtis. I want to be... Was it Hillary Duff? I don't know. Hillary Swank? No. Hillary Swank? I don't know. She's a million dollar baby, baby. I don't know. Uh, welcome to Rain City Jerks podcast. I'm one of the hosts. I'm not sure which. Yeah. We're with, we're, we're pretty much interchangeable. Interchangeable. Like the same guy. In a lot of ways. That is true. In a lot of ways, we are the same guy. Like Different in, bodies. In 2014, the Large Hadron Collider ripped a hole in the fabric of reality. And I stepped through. The alternate version came through. And then it was another six years until we came together to give you this podcast. The Large Hadron Collider being on is really weird to me, right? Like, they have a statue of Shiva outside of it. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, just like, okay, you can look up the Wikipedia as to why the statue of Shiva is there. I think it's like some donation from like India or something. Cause sure. like, I don't know. I looked into it. I can't remember exactly now. But it, Shiva, the goddess of destruction, is right. at the Large Hadron Collider. And ever since that thing came on, things have been. Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. Yeah. No, that's one of my favorite, like, tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. Oh, I theories, love it. Is I love it. We got our reality just knocked off track by the Large Hadron Collider, and right. everything's gone tits up since then. It's bizarre. Yeah. I buy it. I, I do buy it. I, I choose to believe that sort of magical realism. Uh, I, I like that way of thinking. Uh, do I let it affect my day-to-day? No, I used to, but not anymore. I not don't, anymore. I don't let the conspiracies affect my day-to-day. It's just fun to think about now. Just got to lean in. Uh, I, I feel like the Large Hadron Collider is being used inappropriately. They're using it to slam molecules together to create new elements. Uh, I feel Rare like... elements. Yeah, they're, they're, they only exist for like two seconds. Not, not even, even two yeah, seconds. Yeah, even. two seconds is a long time. We need to be using the Large Hadron Collider to vape. What would you vape in there? Uh, what do you got? Uh, I'd vape uh, glass. I'd vape shatter. I'd vape flower. I'd vape crystal. Uh, just like one atom, atom at a time? Yeah. I'd, I'd be vaping at like the subatomic level. That is vaporwave. That is. That's an aesthetic. Yeah. I don't really know what vaporwave is, to be honest. I know it was like a quick flash in the pan musical trend in like you know the 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 1980s uh kind of i'm familiar with the aesthetic of it yeah yeah it's that and then kind of like the miami vice music that came along with it okay yeah so just like dissonant nightclub music I yeah guess. yeah like uh i guess late millennials kind of thought they discovered that aesthetic for themselves and trotted it back out again is the hot new thing okay and then it's like oh we already did this like 30 years ago dog i knew a vaporwave artist who got moderately famous for i mean in that community whatever that means but i think he went to japan a couple times okay okay and so that's cool but it's a good place for waving vapor yeah uh i just don't get it i mean that vaporwave is like maybe one of the first times i was like i think i'm old i think i'm getting old yeah i was like i don't know what the fuck this is you gotta you gotta you gotta do ketamine i love ketamine and then listen to vaporwave okay okay i do love ketamine it's one of my favorite drugs what do you like about it what's not to like about i mean it? I've, I've never done ketamine okay this is gonna be a good one uh i've done ketamine probably under 15 times okay uh so i don't i don't feel super uh, knowledgeable about it, but I really enjoy it. It's 
uh, dissociative. And so when people do it, like the idea of taking ketamine to me and like going to a rave seems really fucking weird. Like that does, that seems like the opposite maybe of anything I would want to use ketamine for. Uh, I don't like doing just a little bit of it. Like I like doing a lot of it and I like going into a K hole. Like that is like my, my, my goal is to like do a lot of it all at once. You want to go for the K hole. I'm going for the K hole. I'm crawling in that K hole. I love it. What, what, what's it like being in a K hole? Uh, every time I've done it again, very new, not very experienced with it. Uh, every time I've done it. Uh, it's a little bit different and it, but it's just, everything feels fake. Okay. You're fucked up. Like if you try and walk, it's like you are at first, like if I'm laying on the couch and I get up and I try and walk to go get a drink of water or something, like I'm kind of like stumbling, like I'm like hella drunk. Okay. I'm not that fond of that part. Um, but you want to just mostly lay there. Yeah. I just, I just mostly want to lay there and like maybe put. A weird, like, I watched a lot of The Sopranos on ketamine. Okay, okay. And it was, I don't know. It's just, I I don't know if I have the vocabulary for it. But, for example, one time, uh, I felt like I was a brick of porcelain. Just like a solid brick of porcelain. And then some device chopped me up into many tiles of porcelain and then there was like a string strung between the tiles and some force was just waving through my body my body just felt like a uh like many stacked tiles just waving back and forth clacking on each other it's like that desk toy where the balls kind with, of like the desk toy with the forth, balls but, but with like porcelain but like tiles. porcelain tiles I don't know, like, if, like, that can't make sense to anybody, but, like, that is exactly what it felt like to me. What, what would you say the ratio on ketamine is of, of scary to fun? I mean, for me, it's 90% fun, 10% scary. Okay, okay. But, that's a pretty good ratio. But I would, I mean, that's for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't speculate on anybody for any, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Uh, Do you think that it's changed you? I definitely know I, I I've gained the perspective of disassociation, which yeah. I didn't I didn't know that I was disassociating just a lot in my normal day to day life. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like now when I catch myself doing that, I'm like, oh, that's what this is. Like I, this is like kind of what P- people throw that term a lo- around a lot. Disassociating. Yeah. And, you know, calling a drug a dis- disassociative. What what is that? What does that mean? Uh, Break it down. <clears throat> Again, no expert. Um, I don't want to get canceled for spreading misinformation. Uh, you got to have a disclaimer before this. I think for me, it just basically means that, like, just reality doesn't feel real anymore. Okay. There's just, like, this, like, gamey aspect to it. Or, like... Is it out of body? Slightly. Okay. Slightly, I don't feel like I'm out of my body, but it's like, what is my body? Sure. What am I? What is reality? What gotcha. What is going on right now? Do you feel like you you are out of touch with the kind of familiar constructs of your mind and your personality and kind of your your base level and you kind of disassociate from that and get a different perspective or not like that i don't know maybe gotcha maybe it's been a little while since i've done it okay uh i think the last time i did it was back in august do you smoke it do you snort it snort it okay yeah although i have injected it it's, okay. the, it's the only intravenous drug I've ever done. Yeah. I I didn't do it. Someone did it for me. Yeah, that freak you out? Uh, no, I loved it. It was better. It was better. Like, you just don't exist. Get that shit right in there. Yeah, it's that's the, that was the first way I did it. Uh, I, only, I only did it that way, like, I don't know, four or five times. And spaced out fairly 
frequently, kind of frequently. Okay, okay. And it really does help with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, For how long? Like a month or so. Yeah. Like you do it like once a month, basically. Good return on investment. Yeah. And like it really did help with depression. Uh, but yeah, you just like basically cease to exist. Just like you do it and then just like everything kind of just goes black. But like, you know, your brain yeah. is just like some like I don't really know what happens, but like it lasts for like 20 minutes and you're just like you're you don't exist for like 20 minutes. And then when you start coming back in, it's just like. You, it's just like your brain re-downloading into your your mind re-downloading into your body. Yeah. And then at some point, the basic systems start functioning again, and you're like, oh, I'm downloading into my body right now. Yeah, like, yeah. And you start becoming more aware of like your surroundings and the situation and everything. But and you're and you're glad to be there. Presumably. You're glad. To, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you just kind of like lay there, and you know, let it all reabsorb. And it's like you did a really good hot yoga class or maybe not hot yoga, but just like you did a really good yoga class and like you do the Savasana at the end. And like when you're, it's like when the teacher is like, okay, everybody wake up now. Like, it's kind of like that feeling and you're just like, oh fuck. Just like, whew, okay. That's pretty cool. Like, I don't know where I was that for that five minutes or whatever, you know, it's that, but like way more. Sick. It's pretty sick. Cool. I gotta get. I gotta get some. I mean, and also, uh, I do. I do a lot of horse drugs already, so just add that to my repertoire. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the safest powders. You know, you can do like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of fentanyl. I don't know if there's really any fentanyl going around in ketamine, uh, and it's, you know, it's manufactured. Like most ketamine is like high grade, like pharmaceutical chemical pharmaceutical chemical like manufactured in germany uh that's i believe germany is the number one like maybe the only no Uh, i I think it's made i think i think germany makes a lot of it and maybe korea i hope they do i feel like both of those populations need steady supply yeah but it's like the stuff you're getting from your local drug dealer is likely made in like a high grade, like fancy above board laboratory. Right. Not a trailer right. out in the county. Right. And it's like, you know, relatively cheap, non addictive. Uh, I mean, it could be addictive in that, like, if you had a lot of money, I guess, and you like wanted to throw it at it, mm-hmm. it could be a problem. But yeah. like, I don't think it's like necessarily addictive. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times drugs like that, they kind of you don't want to do them that much. Right, right. I mean, it's I, kind of an experience that you need to reflect on as opposed to a high you need to chase every day. Right. Like I would love to get a cabin out in the woods somewhere with a hot tub mm-hmm. and just go up there with some acid or mushrooms sure. and and ketamine and just, you know, blast through some ketamine over the weekend and then just like chill the fuck out. There you go. Sit in the hot tub and just ooh. That that is the ideal setting for those kind of drugs. You know drugs. what? We are fortunate to live in a place where that is easily obtainable. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. It's uh, it's a nice way to treat yourself. You get a mm-hmm. cabin in the mm-hmm. woods. More cat, more cabins on Airbnb should have hot tubs, in my opinion. Like you're kind of fucking up by not having a hot tub. Like whatever nightmare situation it is dealing with a hot tub in a rental situation, it's worth it because you will get more people coming. That's true. Uh, what what would you say is like the worst possible situation, worst possible location to take hard psychedelics? What are we talking? Oh, let's say uh, let's let's say mushrooms. Mushrooms. Worst place to do it. Uh, again, it's really dependent on the person. Sure. Right. But for me personally. I I had my first bad trip in okay. in downtown Kansas City. That sounds like a bad place it was to do not it. Not a good place to do drugs. Okay. Uh, and it was my second trip ever. My first trip was just overwhelmingly positive. Me and like six close friends all ate an eighth to ourselves and 
you know, kind of cemented our friendship together, now, do you, uh, staying up all night. Do you think an eighth is the minimum someone should take? We can we can delve back into this further. Sure, sure. I, I think an eighth is a good amount to take to take the full trip. I've taken less, and you know, you, you, you still feel it, but there's a certain amount that needs to be taken in order to really get off on the drug. And, you know, you can just, like, I, I've microdosed a lot. I was microdosing three to five times a week for, like, six months, and that, that's pretty cool. And, you know, you eat just a couple grams. And, and, and it's more like, oh, we're just having a fun night. But when you get to that full eighth of mushrooms, then the spirit of the plant really takes a hold of you. And I don't know. I, I, I like only have bad trips now when I take psychedelic drugs. And I'm kind of curious to do like a higher level heroic dose, five grams, seven grams. Uh, I've just got like so many like bad deeds and lies and sins accumulated that it would be uh, a lot to purge. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. That's and one of the reasons I'm more a fan of acid than mushrooms. Is And this is what I tell people is like, you're going to do some work. You're going to do some spiritual work on mushrooms, whether you want to or not. Uh, acid, that baggage isn't attached to it. Yeah. And... Uh, you just freak out and have fun. You can just freak out and have fun. It can you, go south, but... And you can you can work on some stuff on acid. Like you can get some higher perspective. Like there's yeah. there's something there, but with mushrooms, uh, yeah, you're gonna do some spiritual labor, and mm -hmm. like you know, you might have to address some things that you didn't want to look at. Yeah, e even like the best mushroom trips that I've ever had have had long stretches where it was really difficult and intense and part of me was curled up inside of my psyche and was just like, I want this to be over. Interesting. This, this what would be great if this was done. Um, so yeah, you know, bad trips. Uh, so what happened in Kansas city? So I had this first trip. So I only thought that mushrooms were awesome. Mm -hmm. I like, nah, I hadn't even heard of a bad trip before. How old are you? Uh, I think I'm 17, 17, 17 or 18. How many times have you tripped at this point? At that time, First, yeah. It was my second time. Second time. Second time. Okay. The first time, it was only a good time. Uh -huh. uh, the second time, uh, me and my buddy, we have we have leftover mushrooms from the first trip. So we each eat probably a whole eighth to ourselves. Okay. And we're hanging out with some other friends who aren't on mushrooms. And we're like, oh, let's go to Cooper's. And Cooper's was like the uh, the head shop. The mm. one like head shop in Kansas City at that time it smells like patchouli and nag champa. Uh, Got it, some tapestries on the wall. There's, there's some tapestries. It it it's really more of a pipe shop. Okay, that that would be okay. more uh, adequate or not, descriptive rather, not adequate. But they had a little poodle that they would dye different colors. Uh, maybe that was animal abuse. Oh, okay. Looking back on this, but the poodle seemed pretty happy. But we're like, oh, let's go down there and. Yeah, you know, we go down there and we're sitting in the back of the car and I just get hit with this hard wave of nausea and paranoia. And it's just downhill from there. And me and my buddy are both kind of getting racked with these waves of like nausea and paranoia sitting in the back of a car. It's the summer in Kansas City, so it's Oof. really hot and humid. Yeah. Uh, Which, in my opinion... Uh, hot and humid mushrooms love hot and humid like that's mushroom environment yeah and same with tripping the more hot the more humid the more intense the trip is going to yeah. be if it's cold outside i think it could just straight up kill a mushroom trip it it, it, it dulls it a little it bit. dulls it but if it's yeah. hot and humid you're fucking in for a while oh yeah that's the fucking jungle baby <laughs> i'll take you into deep water and show you who yeah. you are right there yeah um and I just remember it was, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like hours we were just sitting in the back of the car and like every five minutes or so we look at each other and make eye contact and our faces are just like tripping and spiraling out. And we say to each other like, ah, no more mushrooms. And yeah, eventually we came back down to earth and I was kind of like, huh, that kind of sucked. That was not a very good time. 
And uh, what do you think made it not a good time? Like what what went wrong? I think it's just a part of my psyche where if I don't have a lot of the right uh, external support pretty much the whole time, I'm just going to devour myself. Uh, I have a really long history of like self-loathing. I spent maybe. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, a- a- everyone does, but from the ages of like. I'm not sure everyone does, but. Maybe mo- not. So, so for me, from the ages of like eight to probably 24, I was just hating myself in my brain. Yeah, sure. 100% of the time. Sure. And, you know, there there's great things about hating yourself. You know, it's a really strong motivator to improve. It gives you an, an incisive wit. Uh, but then if you beef that up with a lot of psychedelics, you can really tear yourself down and back yourself into a mental corner where you are hating yourself more effectively and more strongly and all of your defenses are just stripped away from you. So I think that's what happened to me. And See, any- I look forward to that. I, I embrace that. I like the idea of it, but at this point, it's just been so many bad trips under my belt that I don't really need to do that anymore. Hmm. Like, I've learned those lessons. I've seen what the drug has for me, what the spirits have for me, and have kind of integrated that into my personality. I, I tripped again recently, and I was like, okay, maybe it'll be different this time. You know, I've got a lot of different perspective. And sure enough, right as the right as it started to to kick in, I felt that same kind of like bad trip thought pattern. What is that thought pattern? Uh, just like intense, uh, physical and mental discomfort. I hate myself i Mm, okay bumped right up against my own mortality and like the knowledge of my impending death um and you know that that's all fine like that's one of the things you want to look at uh when you're on psychedelics and to meditate on when you're not on psychedelics it's such a fundamental part of the human experience um but after like I don't know, I've maybe spent like 40 or 50 hours in just the intense throes of that. Um, And that pathway is so strongly grooved into my brain. You know, it it, it showed up again this most recent time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I I know what this is. I've seen it. Um, I, I don't really need more of this. I don't need to subject myself to this uh discomfort that I've already kind of learned all of the lessons from or you need to just let go and I don't know do do whatever it's telling you yeah you know I don't I don't think so I think that that's that's inside of me that okay. is like one of the factions of consciousness and I've let go plenty of times, but then I've done a lot of uh, spiritual work, psychedelic work that didn't involve drugs, Mm -hmm. just through like breath work and meditation. Sure. And that kind of is achieved more through control than through letting go and kind of focusing your energy into a single point rather than just letting yourself dissolve into chaos. See, that's I I like the dissolve into chaos. That's for sure. me, that's for me the goal mm-hmm. of a good trip. Sure. Uh I love meditating. I've been uh practicing transcendental meditation for I don't know 10 11 years now. I mean, I'm not like a great practitioner at it, you know, there's like gaps in between, but like I I'm a practitioner of it and I love it. It's, it's helped me tremendously. So like doing uh, hallucinogens and meditating at the same time is like, man, what a treat that is. Uh, I, I, 
is one of my favorite things to do. That and roller skating on acid. Sure. That's one of my favorite things to do too. Uh, I've had very few bad trips. Uh, very, like very, very few. What would you attribute that to? I don't know. Uh, just the, the, it kicks in and you're like, all right, I like this. Yeah. Just, just suits you well. It just suits me. Yeah. I always like, you know, not always feel like I get something like super meaningful from it, but like I oftentimes feel like I get something from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like self-examination. I, sure. I like seeing the weak spots and figuring that out. I like looking at why I like things. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I, I love the introspection. The epistemology of knowledge. Yeah. I like going in. I like, I like going in and knowing that in is infinite and, uh, doesn't really exist. I like ceasing to exist by existing. E. E. That, what, what? Where am I looking for? Not eternally, but that is kind of what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Just the the nothingness and everythingness that yeah. that meditation and psychedelics can bring you is a state of existence. I really like yeah. to be in. You should meditate, and you should do psychedelics. Uh, maybe unless you're schizophrenic. Oh boy. I, I, that was one of the worst trips I've ever been on. Uh, well, I'm not going to name names, but, um, uh, I, I, f- tripping on 4th of July mm-hmm. is, is my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite day to eat acid. It's a good light show. Good light show. Uh, it's usually really warm and nice. You can go swim. You can be outside. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually mm-hmm. a good time. People are in a good mood. Usually, like, and depending on where you live, but in my opinion, July 4th is the point of no return in the summer. It's all downhill after July 4th. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you're just going back to school after that. Yeah. Like, after July 4th, the summer's basically over. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got August, but, like, it's not... Fuck pe- August. It's not peak summer anymore. Yeah. Um. So anyway, July July 4th is my favorite time of trip. And uh, so me and some friends went up to a friend of mine's cabin in like deep north Maine. Mm-hmm. Beautiful lake, nice cabin. Uh, we're up there. And I brought some of the strongest acid I've ever had, got my hands on. I didn't know it at the time that it was that strong, but it turned out to be. And so we all take some. And I think they all took, there's like three other people and they all took one. I think I took two and everybody seemed to be having a great time. I wasn't like existing. I was just kind of like laying on the floor in the sun, just like meditating and non-existing. And then my friend, uh, he, he has mental problems and shouldn't eat acid. And he just started having like a mental breakdown. And uh, eventually he was like speaking in Oliver Twist riddles. Like okay. he was, uh, like all he could say was just like quotes from Oliver Twist, and he was very sweaty. And it was like very, it was like extremely alarming. Like his behavior was extremely alarming, and he eventually called the police on himself. And we were like so close to the Canadian border that border patrol showed up, state patrol or state troopers showed up, sheriffs, local cops, uh, everybody. That could show up, did Coast show guard. up. Yeah. Like, well, we weren't that close. The Merchant to that Marines. Yeah. Uh, the Mounties. The Mounties might have shown up, but like everybody that could have shown up did show up. And he was like running around outside saying that somebody was going to die. Somebody was going to like get killed. Like, he was worried about everybody. And eventually, like, they got him under control and like, took him to the hospital and like they gave him some like Thorazine Thorazine or something. And like he calmed down, they gave him an IV and like, it was a wild time. I didn't get like, we didn't get like fined or in any trouble or anything, but like that was one of the, like that was the point when I was like, okay, psychedelics aren't for everybody. You know what I mean? Psychedelics are for most people, but yeah, they're, they're not for everybody. They're not for everybody. And so that was one of the worst trips I've ever seen. I've never really had a bad trip, though. Uh, 
one time, and this is just from smoking weed, but I just got like really high and then I was meditating again, favorite thing to do. And I don't know what happened exactly, but like in my head, there was like, I felt like a, a click, a switch happened like while I'm meditating and like it like opened up this like area in my mind that like I wasn't aware of before. And then like suddenly there's like two voices in my head and they're like talking and they're like, then they're like, shit, he can hear us. <laughs> and then like, I'm just like still meditating. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then like one voice started saying like, Oh, he can hear us. Hey, kill yourself. Why don't you go kill? And then like the other voice, like, shut up. What are you doing? Like, he might go like, Oh yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like my, myself, my voice was saying that. And then like, uh, basically it was a conversation. And then like one was like kind of like an asshole and one was like a nice guy. Yeah. And they were like, we are the voices in your head that like, you know, run everything behind the scene. And sure. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like it, that was just from weed and meditating and it, that kind of freaked me out like a lot. I, I get that. I, I had those voices, uh, from like eight years old to puberty. Okay. And I, I didn't really know what schizophrenia was cause I was eight, but I was like, is this, is this normal? Is this fucked up? Uh, and I would have a voice that was a, a very, what is that clicking? I think it's the microphone or something. Is it? this I don't know I don't know uh, I think that fixed it I had a voice that told me to be a good boy and listen to all the rules I had a voice that basically said fuck that voice and then I had a voice that, that told me to kill mm-hmm. mostly myself other people uh, I remember one of the last instructions that it gave me was to drive my car off the side of the embankment into the creek Okay. Yeah, I didn't listen. You know, I'm still right. here. Right. Uh, Interesting. But I asked uh, a psychologist. You know, I was in therapy a lot, and I asked a psychologist, is this normal? What's up with this? And they're like, yeah, don't worry too much about it. And I asked a rabbi about it when I was maybe like 14. I was like, eh, I got all these different voices, and what's going on with that? And he was like, yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit manifests in many different ways. And I was like, all right, that does nothing for me. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, kind of midway through puberty, all of those voices just kind of got twisted together into what I would now call my personality. Interesting. So it's kind of like, uh, what's that? What's that Pixar movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. About the different like voices I think of, inside your brain. You, you probably are. Well, I know you're of the same age to where you might get this, but I often think of Herman's head. Herman's head. Yeah. Yeah. That show is ahead of its time. Uh, and I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I understood the concept yeah. of it as a child. And, like, I was really into the idea of it. Uh, My grandma walked in on me watching Herman's Head one time, and she sat and watched with me for a minute. And I, th- I think they were, like, at a nudist colony. Okay. And so all of the different voices in Herman's Head were naked and, like, covering themselves up with something. And she right. was like, oh, you shouldn't watch this. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. But, I, yeah, that's the analogy I use is Herman's Head. Uh, this is now a Herman's Head fan <laughs> podcast. Uh, all of the Herman's Head heads, just write in your favorite theories. Maybe one, two, three movies has Herman's Head. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure they do. I might need to watch that yeah. again. They're, uh, they're they're not trying to like protect the rights to Herman's Head. <laughs> imagine being the guy. Imagine being Herman and just being like, I was on a show once. I was Herman. <laughs> Right, he's like pissing himself outside of a Seven Eleven in L.A. I was Herman. I was Herman. Um, one time I vaped DMT. Sure. Uh, by myself, and that was kind of a rough one. It didn't last very long, but it was just like, uh, it's a fucking slingshot out of existence. Yeah, but not vaping it. Like, oh, okay. It's like I've never just like straight up smoked it before, yeah. but the vaping it like I don't think it's, it's not what they're talking about, and it's close, but it's not quite what they're talking. Like people about. will get it in like a vape pen. Is that yeah, kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, got some. Uh, it's like kinda, you have it now. Yeah, it's kind of old now, okay, but okay. I still have it. Yeah. Uh, but the how la- much? How much did you like? How did you smoke it? Vape it. Yeah, but how? Like, did you did you take a big hit? 
Yeah. I mean, you just keep hitting it until like. Yeah, you take as you take as much of a hit as you can, and you hold it in as long as you can. Did you multiple do that? Multiple, multiple hits. ones? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was some bunk DMT. It, that could. I mean, this is my only experience with it, so okay. I, I really don't know. But uh, I think smoking it gets you there bigger, and the vape is like not quite as powerful. Yeah. In my experience of only doing it a handful of times one way. Sure. And the same DMT. But uh, it, I had this one experience with it where I did it, and it lasts for a very short amount of time. And but it was just like this like mean voice, this like mean entity in my head, just being like, "You don't have any friends," and just like <laughs> being like really shitty, just like nobody likes you. And then like I had to like fight that. Like I sure. at the end of it, I won. Yeah. Like I I killed that thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like I I don't know if I literally killed it, but like I. I, I, I won that challenge. Whatever happened, like, I won that level. Yeah. I won that DMT level. Yeah, like, yeah. I came out of it having more. And it was like, I did that, and then I went and hung out with some friends or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. It was, like, see, I have friends. Like, I yeah. have friends, you mean machine elf. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about, but I won that challenge. Yeah. Um, I've only smoked DMT. I haven't. Oh, you, I haven't you have smoked it. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Every time some nefarious character comes into my life, that's like I can get DMT, dude. I'm like, bring it, like, like get it. Let's. I mean, I I can't get DMT. Yeah, I'm not nefarious. But uh, like every time someone's like, oh, I can get this for you. I can get this for you. I'm like, okay, literally, okay. like I will literally give you money for this. Present and, it. And then like it never comes through. That's sad. Uh, yeah, I lived in Hawaii for a year. I was going to school there. And I met this gentleman named Nathaniel. Is that where you learned a masseuse? No, I learned that in uh, Seattle. Oh, okay. Capitol Hill neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I met this gentleman named Nathaniel. And we were talking and we you know, talked about our various psychedelic experiences. And uh, I talked about wanting to do DMT. And a couple conversations later, he was like, hey, you know, I've, I've got some DMT and I trust your intentions now so let's pick a time and we can do some and me and nathaniel and our friend zach we all hiked out to this like uh stream in hawaii and the thing about hawaii is uh, any tropical environment really where there's water it is just going to be a lush jungle so this was just like a drainage canal behind some houses but it was overgrown with ferns and trees and flowers it was like being in the jungle and we hiked maybe half an hour down this stream and we found the spot and nathaniel's like okay this is the spot and we sat down i was in the middle zach and nathaniel were on either side of me and we loaded up a bowl with weed and sprinkled a generous helping of dmt on top of it i lit it you kind of got you don't want to you don't want to torch the dmt you just kind of held the flame above it so that it crackled okay and sizzled yeah yeah uh a lot of people will smoke it out of like a a meth pipe sure glass pipe that's actually what's ideal but i hit it and i followed the instructions to inhale as much as i could and hold it in as long as i could it tastes terrible right it tastes like burning plastic yeah you know and it it, that's basically what it is and uh, as I held it in, I started to feel this vibration yeah. at the base of my skull. Right. Yeah. The, va- yeah. the vape does the same thing. Yeah, that's probably the standard. When I, when I do a salvia, I felt the same kind of vibration at the back of my skull. And right. that's just like, okay, get ready to be slingshotted out of your body. Right. And as soon as I exhaled, uh, it was like my field of vision just kind of like... You ever shake an Etch-A-Sketch? Sure. It was like someone had shaken that Etch-A-Sketch of my field of view, and it all just kind of dissolved. Right, yeah, And when it came back in, I was in a different place. Okay. You know, it was like... And was it the described machine elf realm? I hadn't heard of that before. Okay. So I didn't have an expectation of machine elves to kind of overlay on my experience. Uh, the best way that I can describe it was like an energetic representation of the place where I was before. Okay. Like all of the trees and the sun and the flowers and my two friends, like they were there, 
but they were just like amorphous blobs of energy. So it was like I, I was seeing reality at like a different wavelength than reminds, it was before. It reminds me of uh, Vonnegut's black beard or blue beard rather. Yeah. The paintings, the whatever the guy's name is, where he, ah. just, he just paints, you know, like colors and puts the, the strips of tape, strips of tape yeah. to like represent a person's soul. It was It was a lot like that. Yeah. And these flowers, they were just like these intense red points of light that were throwing off like coronas but you of could, light like, energy. You could still see the landscape. It was like predator vision, but like energy. N- no, it was like shapes were not recognizable. Okay. Like I wasn't like, oh, that's a tree. That's my friend. That's okay. the flower. It was just like all like the, the, the physical markers were gone. And it was just some energetic wavelength that I was seeing. And uh, it kind of kind of hit me in waves. Like it was really strong, and then I'd kind of come out of it for a second. And I was like, hey, you guys, I'm going to take off my shirt, spray some bug spray on me when I do it. And then I like dived back in and, you know, was doing some kind of ecstatic movements. Um, and that was like a, a really good time for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to hit it again. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, hit it again, same kind of deal. And it was not a good time. Okay. I got shot way past what I was comfortable with and it, it, it felt like I was underwater and I felt like I was like under like a green sea of like thick acid interesting yeah and i i was ready to panic i was ready to panic in my brain and i was like dude you just got to breathe you just got to breathe through this and that's what i did for i don't know how many minutes it was like five minutes but also eons and i was just like inhale exhale inhale exhale manually controlling my breath until it started to subside And, uh, you know, after that, I would kind of have like flashbacks and dreams of it for about two years afterwards. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I got this, uh, craniosacral therapy massage where they like massage the plates and envelopes surrounding your brain. And that kicked me right back into really tripping hard. Yeah. And, uh, I was working as a lighting designer for theaters And a lot of times I would like lay on my back on the stage and look up at the lights and they would just kind of like throw me back into DMT tripping. Uh, But yeah, you know, that that's one that's one that really changes you. Like You can't really forget what you saw behind that doorway. Right. Ever in your life. Interesting. Yeah, I've only ever done it the vape way. And like, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I remember the first time I did it was sitting around a campfire in uh, Forks, Washington mm-hmm. for my birthday. Sure. And that's where Twilight was filmed. Yeah. And uh, we hit it. I hit it. And it took me to this world. I don't know if I'd describe them as machine elves. I don't think that that is an accurate description, but it was just like hyper green and hyper yellow, like everything was just either green or yellow. And it was just like these two, I felt like it was in like a 1990s rap video. Yeah. And like, there's just these two figures made of like rubber in alternating green and yellow patterns. And like, they were separate from all the other green and yellow patterns, but like there was two figures and they were just like dancing, like fucking, I don't know. I felt like it was in a Missy Elliott video. Like, I don't. That's pretty dope. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But like, I could open my eyes and I would be back in reality. But if I close my eyes, I was back in this like neon green and yeah, yellow yeah, like, yeah. music video thing. I don't know. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. I felt like I was in a music video. That that's the big difference in my mind between uh, DMT and like acid or mushrooms. 
like with acid and mushrooms, like you're kind of you're still in this world. Yeah, you're still in this well, world. Some of it, most you can be. Yeah, like you can do a lot more and get rocketed out of this world. Uh, but I'd be sitting here. I, I would still see you. I would still see a chair. I would still see right. a guitar. And, and there's not going to be like a gremlin that pops up behind the chair and runs across the room and like starts yeah. trying to like chew on your head and you really believe like that's yeah. not going to happen. That's yeah. not with DMT. Going... It's like you're in a different world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like the same with ayahuasca. Yeah, I would but imagine that's like eight hours. I, same with salvia. Uh, yeah, same yeah, with does that. same with uh, blue Hawaiian wood rose seeds. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was really into distilling. Yeah, that's LSA. LSA. Yeah. yeah. And the wood rose seeds are the highest source of those. You can also get them from morning glories, mm-hmm. but uh, the wood rose, high potency. Uh, it's been a long time since I've done those, but I went. I ate some of those one time and went to an anal cunt show. Good old anal Good cunt plan. Yeah. And uh, are you familiar with anal cunt? I I know of anal cunt. Yeah. And so I went to an anal cunt show, but they were doing their, like, not anal cunt album. It was the... It's like like adult contemporary anal cunt? Kind of. It was like, it's all love songs and, like, sung in this, like, high falsetto. And uh, the guy's just, like, chugging, like, lemon juice between songs to, like, hit those high notes and stuff. Huh. I didn't know that was a thing. It was wild. And, uh... There was a fun show. Then I was walking home and like I'd been feeling nauseous the whole time and just like choking it down. Mm-hmm. And then I finally just like can't hold it anymore and start puking and just like my head just explodes in like a rainbow and just like I still have to like walk a quarter mile home and uh, I just like go home, get into bed immediately. Yeah. And then I'm just like transported into the bird to a body of a bird. Okay. And I'm flying over the ocean in this like huge bird body. Yeah. And then like I I'm just like flying over New Zealand and I see my sister hiking in New Zealand. She was in New Zealand at the time. Yeah. And I see my sister like hiking in New Zealand and I'm just a little like, remote viewing. And I'm just like flying over her. Yeah. And in this like huge bird body. And then like it just kinda like disappears out of that. But I I, I remember that like super vividly. It's pretty wild. Did I really see her? I don't know. I think I did. In your mind's eye, for sure. Yeah, I've tried to utilize getting into bed Mm. as a strategy for dealing with difficult trips. Oh, yeah. Where I'm just like, if I can just go to sleep, this will be over. But it it never goes that way. I don't go to sleep. I just kind of lay there in the dark, writhing. But in my mind, like, that's... I kind of like it, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. I like that, like, of just, like being just like in that cocooned warm state of just like a liminal space just like you're half here half not here like mm-hmm. that's why i have such a hard time getting out of bed in the morning is because like i love that half awake half asleep like hypnagogic hypnagogic state where i don't know it's just i i really like being in that space mm-hmm. that's probably where you go when you die i hope so i think I don't know how to make a business of this, but I, I'm like the perfect uh, first time trip guide. Sure. Like I'm, I am unequivocally the guy you want for your first time tripping. Now, when, once it gets legalized, that's a, it's a legitimate business. I stand by that statement a hundred percent, and I'm not going to be some namby pamby weirdo who like has like. Uh, Xanax on hand and like I don't want I don't want wimps you know what I mean like I'm not like I'm gonna be very picky about my clients Mm -hmm. like if you're the type of if you're like a shaky dog person yeah I'm not I'm not dealing with you but like if like for example a friend of ours uh he local comic I'm not gonna say his name just because he might not want me to say it but like he wants to try mushrooms but he wants to try micro dosing first and I'm like personally I think that that's the wrong way to go mm-hmm. because you're approaching this thing with a state of fear. Yeah. You're approaching it with caution and fear and you just need to jump in and take an eighth. Like I like more than that, but like, I think the bare minimum, especially yeah. for your first time is an eighth and you jump in and then you kind of flounder around for a second, but then you realize you're, 
you jump in the shallow end. Yeah. You, you can stand up. You're in the pool, but you can stand up. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if you're microdosing, you're still in the shallow end, but you're, like, clinging to the side of the pool and, like, screaming that you don't know that you can just, like, stand up and, like, be if, okay. If you're microdosing, you're not even in the pool. Someone's just, like, misting you with a spray bottle. <clears throat> I, I mean, maybe. I think you're in the pool, but I think you're just, like, clinging to the side of it or you have, like, water wings on and, like, your mom's there and, like, you're in the pool, but, like, just barely. You're just barely in the pool. How, how micro of a dose are we? are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know what he was gonna do i don't know what he was gonna take Mm -hmm. he's growing his own mushrooms okay and he was gonna figure it out from there but uh i told him i was like no dude you gotta eat at least an eighth and like i will sit with you you know what i mean like yeah i'll eat an eighth too like i can manage my shit on an eighth and like do this what what, what would be like the ideal experience that you would design for shepherding first timers i think i could come up with a general plan but i would tailor it to everyone Mm -hmm. separately Mm -hmm. differently uh i would probably get to like do a thing where like i i would come up with a questionnaire of some sort and like have them fill it out uh have them compose a playlist probably like a i'd have them make an eight hour long playlist yeah that we could just put on shuffle at various points of the day sure or whatever i might throw a couple songs in there and like try to mix it up whatever but just generally Probably do it at their house if it's applicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, near there's some nature nearby. Gotta 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 nurture the nature. Yeah, if someone like say lived in Cap Hill and like they just, I would say, how about you come to my place then? Because like I've got like a little bit more nature around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to like hang out a few times first, establish a rapport, get sure. to know each other, make sure everybody's on the cool level, and then like. It would really just depend. I would really just set the mood with cool music, mm-hmm. a basis of trust. Uh, I would have food ready. You know what I mean? Like I, on July fourth, for many years, I raised my own chickens. Yeah. And then I would, on July third, or on like July first, I would slaughter some chickens. Yeah. And then by July fourth, I would have this huge. Uh, July third, I would fry up all my chickens and just have this huge plate of fried chicken. So when I came home from like a hard day of being in the sun and eating hallucinogens, I could just come home and devour this like organic hand raised chicken that I made and cooked. And just like, there's nothing better. Just like you come home, you're kind of dirty. You've been outside all day. Mm -hmm. You're like starving. You just devour a plate of fried chicken you made. Need a hearty meal. And then you're just like, you're coming down, you got the food, you're drinking some water, mm-hmm. you're just like chilling. And then you put on the, that's when you're still like in that limbo state and you, yeah, yeah. you put on some cool music, turn the lights down, bust out the big paper, the big markers, <laughs> and just like, don't even think about what you're drawing. Just like, let the pen move. Just let the marker move. Don't, don't, don't have a plan. Just, just be in the moment and just like make gestures and, uh, if something starts to form, go with it, but just like let the pen and tools do the work. And that would pretty much be it. It would just be like, we hang out, we go. I also, I think it's very important, especially for a first trip to incorporate uh, a transition from day into night or night into day. But I think the day into night is easier, much easier. And so you eat your drugs around, uh, depending on the time of year, but let's say summer, you eat your drugs around like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then, well, let's say two, eat around two, you're tripping by three and then you have until like seven or eight, nine, Mm -hmm. and then it starts getting dark. You're deep in at that point, but like maybe not peaking anymore. You peaked around sunset. Yeah. And then like it starts getting dark and then you go for a walk and everything looks weird. The lights look cool. Like, I don't know. I got it pretty well figured out. It, but That's a pretty you, good blueprint. You really, you, re, you then you just tailor make it to whoever your client is. Yeah. My best trips were in college and uh, was up in Western Washington University in Bellingham. And that university, you can basically walk into a forest on the side of a mountain from the middle of the campus. And me and my friends, you know, we had all hiked in there for hours and hours we knew the place like the back of our hand and we would eat mushrooms around dusk and just hike up into the woods and 
just go crazy out there all night. Sounds great. It was, it was great. It was awesome. More people should do, like, it, it boggles my mind, the people that are afraid to do hallucinogens, because, like, it just tells me they're, like, they're unexplored. They're, yeah. like, they're afraid, Absolutely. they're afraid to go inside themselves and, like, look at what lurks in there. It, it's, I mean, the, you've got unprecedented numbers of people who have, like, you know, low-level or high-level anxiety and depression, and... They don't know. They don't know what's underneath there. But don't. But see, that's where I. I'm like. But don't you want to find out? Like, don't right. you want to? Well, they, they 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 do, but they're also scared. You know, the anxiety and depression have kind of taken hold hmm. of a big part of their personality. And and honestly, I think like, you know, when I was did mushrooms for the first time, I was 16 or 17. The internet wasn't really a thing yet. I didn't know anything about mushrooms. Oh, same. I yeah, was just same. like, oh, this sounds like a, I like weed. Of course, I like mushrooms. And so, like, not knowing anything about it, in my mind, was, like, the right way to go in. I think so, too. And, like, if you know too much about it, like, you... That's true. You're going to overthink it. I can and see that. And that's kind of, like... You don't... You don't 100% set yourself up for failure, but I think you set yourself up to have a bad time more if you've kind of got a lot of baggage surrounding how it could go or how you want things to go, if you're trying to have a lot of control yeah. over the experience. The first time I did acid, I was 14. And it was mailed to my family from the acid queen of the Lower East Side. It came in a Christmas card. Hmm. It was addressed to my parents and my grandparents. But I... And you got the acid. I got the acid. So your your parents are acid heads also. Maybe at one point in their life, like it's like knowing acid and knowing my parents, like I just don't think they would jive with them. Like I don't know if they would like it. I just feel like it would be uh I don't I don't I just I can't see either one of them particularly liking like tripping very much. Maybe my mom, maybe my mom more than my dad. But I don't know. And my my grandparents, I can't see them. I don't know. I've never really, I've never asked them about it, to be honest. Uh, my dad and his brother, they were big acid heads during like the first wave of acid. Got that CIA acid. Yeah, that fucking window pane stuff, baby. Uh, and my dad, the last time he ever did acid, he was dosed. He was at culinary school, and he got dosed right before this, like, butchery class that he had to do. And so, you know, he doesn't know that he took the acid, and it's just all these bloody slabs of meat in front of him getting sliced up, and he, he, he had to go. He had to excuse himself. Did he figure out who did it? No, he never figured it out. Wow. It's a mystery to this day. I mean, depending on the situation, of course, but like, I feel like I've done acid enough at this point in my life to where if I got dosed, I'd be like, oh my God, thank, thank you. you. So thoughtful. Who, who did this? Who dosed my dad? That's the, we, we got to get to the bottom of that. Well, we can have him on. We'll zoom him in. I'm sure he's got some theories. I'm sure he's got some like. Yeah, maybe so. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of it going around back in that day. Nowadays, I mean, if someone's got acid, they're not going to give it to you. Probably I'm not going to waste it on your yeah, not really. bad experience. I've never dosed anybody, but it certainly seems fun. It seems funny if you if you did it to the right person mm -hmm. in the right situation. No, you want to dose them with uh, with boner pills, right? Yeah. That's how you do it. Do the do it at the same time. It would be fun to do like Russian roulette tripping mm -hmm. where like you have five guys and like two shot glasses or whatever have acid in it or two whatever yeah has acid and the rest isn't and then like because you know there's some dorks are gonna be like no dude i'm totally fucking tripping yeah. like even though like <clears throat> you'd get mass hallucination well you would play that game where only two people think they're tripping but all five of them are actually acid <laughs> yeah all f <laughs> all five yeah but only one person knows it get pwned hmm this has been the drug episode. Yeah, right? If you don't like drugs or talking about drugs, I am sorry that you listened through the entire thing. Uh, I do. So we're in Japan now on the analytics. Thank you to everybody listening. We're less than 1% in Japan, but... That's I, just Dingo Dog. Dingo Dog is doing it. Please, dear Dingo, please keep 
doing it. This is a shout out to Dingo. Uh, I don't know if you still listen to our podcast, but you're a great pinball player. Uh, I assume that you're still snowboarding. And uh, I, I, I believe that you could be one of the alternate universe versions of myself and Jack. Okay. Dingo, call in. Leave a voice message. We'll we'll play it. Uh, we'll, we'll do something for you. And thank you for everybody else who's listening. The show just keeps growing. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, hey, like and re- like, uh, give us a review on Spotify. I would that would be great. Give us a review on Spotify. Uh, send and us interact with our podcast on social media as much as you possibly can. We're nice guys, uh, Go- good or bad. Yeah, whatever you want to say, whoever, whatever. Uh, we're on all the usual places on social media. Thank you for. Uh, listening and tuning in and do drugs do drugs and be our friends thanks bye bye